The reading this morning is from Luke chapter 9, verses 10 to 17. Jesus feeds the 5,000. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much. Lord, we pray that you may indeed again open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our minds to understand all that you have for us this morning. In your name. Amen. Lent is a period of waiting. It's a period of reflection, uh, of penitence, of realising realizing our own frailty. Uh, but most of all, we wait. We long, really, for what is to come, but we wait. Waiting's hard. We talk about this at Advent as well, don't we? Uh, I was interested that in Uganda, January, December and January, uh, she said they have a month off. December and January sounds remarkably like two months to me, but anyway, they have some time off and the children then come back after holidays, after being away, after doing so many exciting things. Can you imagine how excited they must be particularly if you've had children and they've been away for a week, do you remember what it's like when they come back and they come home? And there's this sort of tidal wave of words and arm-waving and excitement. You wouldn't believe what's gone on. You've got to go. You've just got to. It's the last thing in the world you want to do, but you've got to go. And you know what it's like. You can sense the fun, the amazement. All that they want to share. And here, Jesus has sent out the twelve disciples. They've sent out the twelve disciples with no, uh, with no food, no money, and actually uh, a lovely phrase, no extra shirt. 
it's interesting that they go out and when they come back, they want to share everything that they did. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at gifts, the gifts of God's people. And we've come to understand, I think, that we all have the gift of God's Spirit within us. And it's through the Spirit of God that we say, Jesus is Lord. And then we combine those gifts together uh, in unity for the purpose of building up the kingdom of God. And so these twelve disciples have gone off to build up the kingdom of God. And we all use our gifts for different uh, purposes. So as we've said, these twelve disciples have gone out. They've spread the word of Jesus and they come back fully excited. Now, at those points, two things can happen, can't they? The first thing is, you just, you, you just can't wait to keep on and on and on talking about the same thing. You just want to continue living in that moment. And you feel as though you can do anything. You've spent the last few days ministering in the name of Jesus. You had nothing with you, you had nothing in your hands, yet God provided. It was phenomenal. You should have been there. Jesus was there, of course. But he should have been there. But as they're talking to Jesus, so people get to hear that they're there. And they're crowding in. And Jesus, his attention is diverted towards the crowd. And so he starts teaching the crowd. Obviously for quite a long time, because the passage then says in the afternoon, in the afternoon, the disciples realise that the crowd are restless, they're hungry, and suggest that they go away. We, of course, in this passage, focus on Jesus and the miracle of the five loaves and two small fish feeding 5,000. But what about the disciples? What about the crowd? Because we are the disciples. And so with the beauty of hindsight, we can see the disciples standing there and they've got the God of creation in one hand and they've got the need of the crowd in the other. Yet somehow we don't join the dots between those two points and we fail to understand that God cares for each one of us and he wants us to be whole emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Because that is how we should follow God. You know the passage in Mark 12? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Those are the sort of four quadrants that we put together and we are whole. So God wants us to look after uh, the emotion the spirit, the mental capacity and the physical. And every day we meet people and we can share with them the word of God and I'm not underestimating that in any way but actually their needs are more 
They have physical needs. They have emotional needs. They have mental needs. They have spiritual needs. And sometimes we don't want to bother God with it because we think it's too lowly. It's not really what God's about. But God is about that. He's about everything for us. Every part of us. God is interested. Through our love, people can be drawn to see the love of God. And so we see in this passage a contrast. The disciples had appreciated that something was acquired, but they hadn't appreciated what could be done. They perceived this as a human requirement. Send them off, because we know they need somewhere to sleep, they need something to eat. Let's send them away. Yet, they've just done everything in the power of the name of Christ. They should have been on fire. And yet, they don't join the dots. They knew what was available, but not what could be achieved. They'd seen Jesus perform miracles. The wine at the wedding. Why did he have to do that? The healing of the woman with a hemorrhage. He'd healed a leper. He'd healed a paralysed man. He'd raised Lazarus from the dead. He'd raised Jairus' daughter. All of these were in the same Gospel of Luke. This was a God of the whole being, not just part. They knew that Jesus was with them, but not what he was capable of providing. God is the creator, able to do and intervene in items big and small in order to bring care and protection. They knew that Jesus cared for the people, but not the extent of that care. And God's love can extend to finding food, to healing the irritation, finding a friend, bringing hope, enabling rehabilitation, providing protection from disease and safe travel. Why do you think we pray for people like Mim? That God looks after all their needs. They knew that Jesus wanted a person to be whole, but I don't think they quite cottoned on that that was bodily, physical, mental, spiritual. And we get alongside those in our community who are in need, who are isolated and rejected, and we can show them that we care. We come to this church, or when people come to this church, we want them to see the wholeness of God, that God loves them just as they are. That's why we come, just as we are. Isn't it interesting to see that the disciples were there and they could have been full of the Spirit, yet they missed the gap. Yet Jesus continues to teach them. He gets this uh, small boy, we're told, with the five loaves, the two fish, to come forward. He gives thanks. And who does he ask to then minister to the crowd but the disciples. They are still required. They are still the way that God ministers to so many people. They come just as they are, with empty hands. They have nothing but the five loaves and two small fish. Yet in the presence of God, it can feed 5,000 plus 
So we come just as we are, with nothing in our hands. We were praying before the service and one prayer was exactly that. Let us come just as we are to bring praise to God and enable us all to enter God's presence. And that's what we can do on a daily basis. Come just as we are in the power of the Spirit to be used by God. Because all of our gifts are important. We've already said we have different gifts and those are to be united to build up our common life together. Now, I don't know who of you had the misery of watching television yesterday afternoon. (laughs) I was one such person. And it got worse and worse. But turning that on its head slightly, the English rugby players were probably individually just as good as the French rugby players. Obviously not as good as the Welsh. I accept that. Actually, I don't accept that at all because England beat Wales. I thought I'd mention that too. However, however, the French played as a team and their individual gifts were all brought together. There was not a weak link and together they were completely unsurpassable. And let's be honest, they destroyed England. (laughs) Completely destroyed them. And credit to them. And we, as a community of believers, bring the gifts of God, the hands that we have, to the people that we meet, wherever that may be. And that's great when we bring people to this church and they sense the love of God. Fabulous. But what's going to happen tomorrow morning in the doctor's surgery? Or when you're queuing for your coffee, Wendy, with Kalpesh, who are you going to speak to? Who? A lot of people, exactly. And you're going to bring the love of God to them because you're there. And what are we going to do at the school gate? Because nothing is too small for the interest of God. No one is outside the love of God. Wherever we are, Whatever we've done, God can be with us. Every day we will have an occasion to see God's prompting. And we see from this story that God is interested in the whole being. God is available. God is able to help directly or through us. So maybe next week we'll report back how you have proclaimed the word of God, the presence of God to the people among you. I'm going to share with you. I, I, um, I did find a clip on YouTube for the kids, but they were so busy uh, when they came in, they didn't want it. So, but underneath that, while the clip was playing, I was reading some of the comments. Uh, and I read this. And this touched me. Because what we're talking about is Christ in our midst. Christ, our Lord and Saviour. So the comment reads, Greatest man in history, named Jesus, had no servants, 
yet they called him master. Had no degree, yet called him teacher. Had no medicines, yet called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives. We come with empty hands, but God fills them with his love. And through our moving among other people, so we touch them with his love also. Let's just bow our heads, shall we, and be silent for a moment.